Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. All right, I get to go first. Hello, I'm Winston Brown. I'm graduating from Brentwood High and I'll be attending Belmont University in August. Okay, the formalities are over. I'm gonna talk about Bethany Hills. For those of you who are Youth Sunday veterans, I'm sure you're tired of hearing about the magical camp that solves all our problems every single year. Don't worry, because I'm also gonna talk about COVID, which I'm sure you're not tired of at all. See, everyone always comes up here and talks about how they could always count on Bethany Hills and their friends there to push through the hard times. But my story's different. My story has COVID in it. You see, I followed the rules of quarantine pretty closely. I only really left the house for very important things or things that would be outside and masked, such as school and church. Because of this, I kind of lost my friends at school. I won't get into everything that happened, but they found their own ways to cope with the pandemic and I didn't agree with them. That mixed with the fact that they all hung out for months without me, forming new relationships and getting used to me not being around meant it was hard for me to reintegrate into the friend group. I could go on, but the point is I felt alone. That is for six days out of the week, because on Sunday I had youth group, and at youth group I was accepted. When I was there, I didn't have to dodge and weave through the weird passive aggression and frustrated faces I'd get every time I spoke at school. Instead, I could say whatever I wanted and was met with compassion and understanding. This youth group transformed me. It made me into who I am and made me realize the value in always speaking your mind and encouraging others to do the same, even when you know they disagree with you. After all, I am a 19-year-old just struggling to get through school. Why am I up here? What do I know that all the scholars of Christianity don't? But that's what I love about the youth group. It allows for us to have discussions where we can be wrong. We can be uneducated, but we're treated respectfully. And sometimes one of us has a perspective that changes our whole worldview. Sure, that doesn't happen every week, but it's common enough that I can think of multiple examples of it happening in just this year alone. And it's made me wonder why the church as a whole hasn't adopted a discussion-based format. I mean, what do I know that you guys don't? I'm a 19-year-old who's just repeating himself because he doesn't know what to say. <laughs> That's why I chose my verse. Two are truly better than one. We can pick up the slack of others and add on to each other's ideas and beliefs and hopefully make a positive impact on their lives. I'd like to thank some of the people who have done that for me. Uh, thank you, Chris, for always sharing your biblical thoughts with me and having those discussions before we went to bed every night at camp. Um, but also talking about comic books at four in the morning because otherwise we might have fallen asleep and that would be detrimental. Uh, thank you, mom and dad, for never forcing me to go to church but also heavily encouraging it. I doubt I'd be here if you didn't encourage it, and I doubt I'd like it here if you forced it, so thank you. 
Um, thank you to my fellow seniors and some juniors, you know who you are, um, for always being there when I needed you. And lastly, thank you to Katie Gossage and Rob Conkren, who don't work with the youth group anymore, but have left a profound impact on my life. Love is patient, love is kind. It is not envy and it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always preserves. Okay, Chris pointed out to me I made the dumb decision not to print this out, so I'm going off of my phone, so bear with me. <laughs> Hi everyone, my name is Taylor Glasscock and I've been a member of this church since I was born and my parents before that. I've been nervous to preach here since my first youth Sunday in sixth grade and the nerves have not gone away. <laughs> I can't believe it's finally here. I had my high school graduation just yesterday. It still hasn't hit that nearly everything I've consistently had in my life is no longer gonna be a normal part of my routine. I will no longer see my classmates at the same school that I've attended for 13 years every day. It's gonna be so weird. Even with COVID, thanks to Zoom calls and parking lot meetings, I was still able to be a part of my school and talk to my friends. So actually being away from them for this long is not something I think I'm emotionally prepared for. Not to mention I won't be seeing my parents all the time either. I definitely won't miss the seven hours straight of classes, but I will miss the people and connections that I've made along the way. It took me a while, but I eventually found a great group of friends that share a love for Jesus that I know will continue to be my close friends after high school. But my strongest connections didn't just come from the people I saw in class every day, but also here at Woodmont. Youth group has played a huge role in this, but an even bigger reason I made the close friendships I have today was because of Bethany Hills. And this I wrote down before you even said this, Winston, but... Uh, <laughs> And I know almost every senior talks about Bethany Hills every youth Sunday, but it's with good reason. For one, I have an extra, it has an extra special place in my heart. My grandfather, who passed away this Thursday, was a huge reason I started going to camp. He went there when he was little, and he wanted me to have the same incredible experience that he did. One of his friends he made at camp's grandson also goes to Bethany Hills, and him and I became close friends before we even knew our granddads had been friends at camp. It's kind of destiny. <laughs> Poppy, that's what I called my grandpa, was such a loving and Jesus-seeking man. I'm so sad he can't be here to see me talking about him today in person, but I know he's watching right now. While we were going through his stuff the other day, my parents found his most recent to-do list. It stated a few normal everyday tasks, but in the midst of those, he had written down, spread the word. Seeing that brought me to tears. He had such a strong faith and such good bonds within his relationships on earth and with God. And he always said some of the best friendships had been made at Bethany Hills, and he was right. The connections made there and the love shown there are truly incomparable. The verse that I had Xander read talks about what love really is. It is kind and it is trustworthy. It isn't proud and it isn't selfish. That's the sort of love that I received from the people I met through church and camp. And I know that we have the ability to have created these strong connections because of our most common thread, and that is Jesus. 
If we had met under different circumstances, I'm sure we would all still have been friends, but I guarantee the bonds wouldn't be so tightly bound without having Christ in our hearts. As I begin a new chapter in my life, one that will distance myself from these relationships that God has given me, I have some sort of security knowing that we are all still connected through him. Thank you. Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Um, I don't remember my very first time I walked into Woodmont all these years ago in kindergarten, but my earliest memories are filled with children's moments and making the marshmallow croissant tombstones around Easter time. I don't remember many specifics until around fifth or sixth grade when we started the transition out of elementary school with our baptism classes and moving up into Cairo. And this was a really happy time, but it was also a little unnerving as we were all moving up from the comfort and familiarity of Christ's quest into the uncharted territory of youth group. It was during this first part of my journey, um, it was during this part of my journey in faith that I started making connections with other kids in the same situation of uncertainty. We were all just beginning to comprehend our faith in our own ways because before this time, most of our experience with faith was through our parents and relatives and friends bringing us to church. But now we're having to explore our own personal beliefs and begin to grow our own connections with God and with each other. That group of rising sixth graders that I connected with has grown with me all of this way. Reflecting back on my time here, I now understand that it was no coincidence that we were put in this church and in this youth group together. The connections and friendships that we've grown here untouched by the dramas of our school and the stresses of our extracurriculars. The connections I made at Woodmont have become a place where I can come as my most authentic self and unload all my troubles while also having fun and learning new things about myself and my relationship with God. In times when it felt like other friendships were crumbling or the stresses of life were getting too much, I knew that this was always a place that I could turn to and feel safe. The reason that we chose connectivity as our theme, I think, I believe, was that our group of seniors and how close-knit we have become. Looking at us all separately, without the common connection of Woodmont, we probably wouldn't have crossed paths. Out of our senior group, we represent five different schools, and some of us live like hours away from each other's houses, and all of us have very distinct personalities and interests. I mean, how was I supposed to know that the girl I had Christ Quest glasses with during elementary school would be my best friend? or that the sixth graders I met on the first Sunday of youth group would grow up with me and share so many laughs and memories. We made impressions on one another ever since the beginning, and that made us stick around and continue to grow closer. Um, the point of all this is that I might never have made these friends without putting myself out there. And we've all heard some version of this advice, I'm sure, from parents or mentors that connections are the key to success. A kind word or a genuine compliment can open up many more doors than people realize. As the Bible verse I picked out says, God calls us to encourage one another and build each other up. This not only brings kindness into other people's lives, but it also forms connections that can change our lives and make us more connected through God. You never know when someone's in a rough spot and forming connections and of encouragement and support can be just as beneficial to you as for them. And the world we live in now isn't exactly one that makes it very easy. Um, I've noticed a lot of disconnect in the way that we operate. There are big and continuously growing gaps between different generations, different upbringings, different ideologies, and more. Especially with the pandemic that's hit our world in the past couple years, it gets harder and harder to make genuine connections with others. And while there isn't one specific solution, I think that the world would be a better place if we all tried to just connect with people that we might not talk to otherwise. This can make a difference starting in small communities like your jobs or schools or even here at Woodmont. One kind word or introduction or question could lead to something as great as a best friend or at the very least a great conversation. 
I'm so thankful for Woodmont and how it's connected me to all these amazing people and most importantly connected me to God. I'm thankful that I go to a church that lets young people's voices be heard. This church has given me a place to grow my faith, feel free to ask questions, and feel listened to and accepted along my journey with God. My time here has impacted me so much and I'm so glad to know that I will have a safe place to come back to when I go off to college. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. Hey, y'all. I'm Andrew Hagelgans, and I'm going to be attending Baylor University. The Bible verse that was just read I first saw in seventh grade, where my math teacher had all the words of the verse cut out and hung up on her wall. I remember it was the first day of class, and she read out that verse, and she explained to us how for all 40 years of teaching students, she had read this verse to every student to strengthen them and to let her students know how God has a plan for each and every one of them. Listening to her passionately explain this verse resonated with me and has stuck with me all this time as shown as how I'm using this for my sermon. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Understanding this verse and how the almighty God has a plan for us and that his plan is perfect and it is the best for us, should fill us with courage to be our best and should reassure us that whatever happens in our lives, whatever outcome takes place, God's plan is to prosper us and give us hope and a future. But living with this mindset is much easier said than done as we worry and stress about our lives constantly. A phrase that is short and sweet that has helped guide me so far in my life to try to live with this mindset is um, control the controllable. It allows me to realize that some stuff is out of my control and that I should not worry and stress about those out of my control things. To do my best in the things I can control, my attitude, effort, faith, and accept what outcome happens in my life. However, this mindset has really been tested this past year with trying to figure out what college I will attend. The college process can fill many seniors with anxiety and many questions, and I was no exception. I did a few visits and decided that I wanted to, if possible, attend Baylor. I've worked really hard in school to have good grades and good test scores to try to make college more affordable, but Baylor, even with taking all my grades into account, is still quite expensive, while other schools on my college list would be much cheaper, but those schools I wasn't quite as thrilled about. So I looked for more scholarships at Baylor and applied for a program where I had to write an essay. I realized that if this program accepts me, I'll be able to attend Baylor, and if not, then I most likely will not be able to. Worrying about the outcome of this program had me very stressed and anxious. I ended up writing about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. I wrote about how they completely submitted themselves to God's will and God's plan. They knew God could save them from the furnace, but they also knew that God's plan is perfect, and if it's in God's plan to save them, he will, but if it's not in God's plan to save them, then that's okay for these men trusting God and they know that his plan is perfect. As I was writing this essay back in October, I came to realize how much these men can be an example for me and for everyone. These men trusted God and left the outcome of their lives to the Almighty God. The outcome is in God's hands and not their own and whatever happens for them will be okay. I then realized how much stress and anxiety could go away by understanding God is in control of my college situation. Understanding I can't control the outcome of the scholarship, 
which will decide where I go to college, but instead leave the outcome to God. I now had the mindset that I will do my absolute best on this essay, but at the end of the day, it's up to God. If it's God's plan for me to receive this scholarship and attend Baylor, then it will happen. And if it's in his plan for me to attend another college, it will happen. I'll control what I can control and I'll leave the rest to God because I know God will lead me down the right path. I felt so much lighter with this understanding that whatever happens with this essay and where I go to college, I'll be okay. God's plan is perfect and will lead me down the path towards my best life. With these thoughts, I submitted my essay and waited until I received the news that I had got the scholarship and was able to attend Baylor. Living with the mindset that, God, that the God who loves us is in control and will lead us down the right path if you let him should release the stress and anxiety that we feel worrying about the outcome of our lives. Because we know that if we let him, God will prosper us and will not harm us. He will give us hope and a future. I'm excited for the opportunities I will have at Baylor and I know that it's through God's will and it is him, his plan for me to be there. And I'm excited to see what God has planned for me these next four years. And I want to thank everyone that has poured in energy to help me guide or to help guide me on my journey so far and keep me straight on the path God has planned for me. My mom and my dad, Chris and the amazing people at church, the teachers at my school and my close friends. These people and many, many others have empowered me and strengthened me and have been able to to strengthen me to be able to follow God's plan so far and will continue to guide me through the next stages of my life. Thank you. This is a reading from Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Well, lucky me, I get to follow all that. <laughs> Hello, my name is Brooks Williams and I'll be attending Tennessee Tech in the fall. So iron sharpening iron, like me, you're probably thinking about that one scene in that one movie where that cool guy gets two iron blades and sharpens this, them together and this is somehow supposed to make it stronger. Well, this is not actually the case. See, in the olden times, iron tools and weapons were not usually sharpened by other iron tools, but rather a steel file. In other words, tools and humans cannot be sharpened by themselves or they will get rusty and dull. Humans are molded and improved by interacting with and being around other people. When I came to the youth group, I was like most people. I went here because I thought I had to. However, even though I found it boring a lot, especially in the old, old, especially when I was young, I found fellowship in my community group. I learned wisdom from my small group leaders like Darden Copeland and Rob Cochran and Chris Cox, and also from friends around my age as I learned about their life and experiences. I heard about, I, I heard about the mission trip in Guatemala where most of them learned about how other cultures lived in much worse conditions than I have, but still have a greater sense of faith and joy compared to average Christians in developed countries. Hearing about these events improved my critical thinking and, critical thinking and made me have a whole new perspective on the world and how Christians should approach helping others. 
My community group, and especially my camping retreat, retreat weekends at Bethany Hills, have sharpened me in other ways. As you know, as some of you know, I've always been a little bit introverted and not that talkative. But my friends at these camps and youth nights made me come out of my shell. They helped me realize my strengths of my positivity and intelligence. Using this confidence, I was able to help the youth group through cabinet by planning activities and outings for the week and also by making younger members feel accepted just as I had been when I was their age. So community is the community is is probably the answer to some of a lot of all of our burning questions. If the main purpose of going to this church is learning about God, then why is going to church so important? And stay with me. I know, I know, I know what you're thinking, but it, you can read your Bible anywhere. It's so much. It's become so much easier, especially since you can just pull out a phone and just read it from your an app. Also, if God is supposed to be omnipresent, then why do we say church is God's house specifically? It is because there are other people we can relate to and learn from. Going to Sunday school, small group, youth group, and mission trips all help you help us learn about the hearts of others and sharpen our minds and spirits. I am so grateful to have grown up with all these people who love me and care about me, and I encourage all of you to remember the importance of, 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 of this community and even when you go far away, which is what I'm gonna do when I'm gonna be going to college, is to remember that this community still loves you, not just in physically, but also spiritually, and they will still continue to improve long after you've go away. Thank you.